Beyond the skyscrapers of Chicago and the steel mills of Gary lies the small town of Chesterton, Indiana. Located just five minutes from the shores of Lake Michigan, it's the perfect kind of town to grab a bite to eat after a day of relaxing along the lakeshore or hiking the dunes. In the latter half of the 1800s, Chesterton grew quickly, but its growth slowed by the 20th century becoming a quiet Midwest town against the backdrop of the Chicago skyline. Nevertheless, people continued to settle down in the area to build a legacy for the next generation. Today, Chesterton's popular restaurants, bed and breakfasts, and wineries fill the streets where the area's first settlers spent their time and energy. And while some left a legacy years after they've lived, others refuse to be forgotten by lingering in the shadows, even after death. America is filled with an abundance of great restaurants, bars, and hotels. But among the laughter, clinking of glasses, and great conversation, there are quiet reminders of a time gone by, of people and the lives they've lived. And sometimes, if we pay attention, we can hear them. These are their stories, and this is Ghost and Grub. Walking through Chesterton today, there's little to remind you of what the area was like nearly 200 years ago. In 1830, Jesse Morgan, his brothers, and William Thomas set out with their families from Ohio to seek out their own fortune in Indiana. At the time, Indiana promised opportunities for people trying to escape the crowded East Coast. As the Morgan and Thomas families moved across Indiana, they began hearing rumors that the Potawatomi tribe were ready to defend their land, just miles from where they had stopped. This made Jesse Morgan especially concerned, and so Morgan separated from the rest of the caravan and headed north. His brothers went south, and William Thomas, trusting that the rumors about the Potawatomi were false, continued to move west. Thomas's instincts were right, and his family was able to peacefully plant their roots in the area that is now known as Chesterton. At one point, records show Chesterton was called Thomas Mill, and it's no surprise, since the Thomas family is often credited for helping shape the town's beginnings. The Thomas Farm, then owned by William Thomas II, 
quickly became the center of town. The Thomases owned and operated a sawmill and a general store. William Thomas II also donated land and lumber to create the town's first school in 1840. Although the Thomases contributed so much to Chesterton's roots, it's their general store that has left a rather unique and oftentimes mysterious legacy. Today, Running Vines Winery, located at 101 Broadway, sits at the corner of Broadway and Calumet in Chesterton. Housed in a striking V-shaped building, Running Vines is home to award-winning table wines and savory small plates. The winery's seasonal flavors and themed in-house events offer a unique experience with each visit. 101 Broadway's architecture stands out among the flat rooftops that line the downtown district. Rebuilt in 1891 and remodeled in 1908, the original structure was built by William Thomas II. Although there is a lot to be celebrated with their contributions to early Chesterton, there was also great loss within the Thomas family. William Thomas II and his wife Anne had 13 children. However, all but two lived past childhood, Elias and his sister Elena. William Thomas II and Anne both tragically died in 1865, leaving Elias and Elena orphans. The two children were sent to live with a guardian in neighboring Valparaiso. Years later, Elias returned to Chesterton as a businessman and two-term county sheriff, leasing his father's building at 101 Broadway to a general store, a harness shop, and doctor's office. It would seem that Elias's future was bright, but it was not long before he would incur a string of unpaid debts. Losing both of his children, one of them to a drowning in nearby Flint Lake, Elias's marriage also ended in tragedy, with his wife filing for divorce. However, it was 101 Broadway that would forever seal Elias's fate and bring him financial reckoning. Before 1905, buildings across the nation were not built to code, and wooden structures were quick to catch fire, leaving nothing but ashes behind. Buildings in Chesterton were no exception, and 101 Broadway succumbed to not one or two but three fires within 20 years. After the first fire in 1888, Elias rebuilt 101 Broadway, only to endure yet another fire in 1902. Elias did not have insurance on the property this time, causing painful financial problems for the once successful businessman. In 1905, Myron and Harry Smith, who had been renting the main floor of 101 Broadway for their general store, purchased the building from Elias outright. The building suffered a third fire in 1908, severely damaging the interior, but not destroying it. Not much is known about Elias Thomas after selling the building to the Smiths. It is said he worked as a mail carrier and later as town assessor, before his death in 1927. A newspaper article from 1908 also suggests Elias may have been renting a room upstairs at 101 Broadway from the Smiths during the third fire. According to the article, Elias Thomas was also sleeping in the building when the flames broke out, 
and it was not until friends called him that he knew of the presence of flames. 101 Broadway was known throughout town as the Smith & Sons General Store until it was put up for sale in 1973. Before Running Vines moved in, it housed several other businesses, including a bookstore and antique mall. While 101 Broadway has often been called the crown jewel of Chesterton's downtown area, it quickly became better known to some as a hotspot for the paranormal. For decades, former shop owners and tenants of 101 Broadway have reported seeing full-body apparitions and furniture moving by itself. One tenant would regularly hear the bell at the front door jingle to indicate someone had walked in, only to find no one had entered the building. Others have reported seeing the spirits of an elderly couple, as well as a young girl with black hair wearing a long white gown. Some claim a young girl had died in the building, although the only human tragedy on record is that of four boys who fell through to the basement when the building's staircase collapsed in 1908. It's unknown if any of these boys died during the incident, but the stories of 101 Broadway carry on, and its ghosts are far from finished haunting. One day, Running Vines owner Nikki was busy prepping her winery to open in the iconic Chesterton location. She and a co-worker were busy painting the walls when her co-worker noticed that something had fallen from the ceiling and landed in Nikki's hair. He reached over to Nikki and, to his surprise, found a locket-sized photo. The two were baffled as Nikki was on a ladder where there was nothing above except for the ceiling. What's more, the man in the photo posed a striking resemblance to none other than Elias Thomas. While there are a number of ghost stories surrounding 101 Broadway, the one that's most frequently told is that of a woman seen on the Grand Staircase. She is said to be dressed in late 19th century clothing and wears a locket around her neck. Does the photo Nikki found belong to her? No one knows for sure, but many have a hunch the woman might be searching for her lost locket photo. When you visit Running Vines, you'll see the small photo of who is believed to be Elias Thomas displayed behind the bar, watching over the building his father first built, and who he himself spent most of his adult life attached to. Perhaps Thomas's legacy lies not in the personal and financial troubles he endured while alive. Instead, he and his family built a legacy that even in death keeps 101 Broadway's spirit alive in those who joyfully meet in its welcoming space, sharing good food, great wine, and friendly conversation. While there, be sure to order a glass of their award-winning half marathon with one of their gourmet flatbreads. My favorites are the parent prosciutto and buffalo chicken. Let Nikki know Ghost and Grub sent you, and be sure to say hello to the ghosts for me. Often called America's Third Coast, the National Lakeshore and Indiana Dunes are only minutes from Chesterton. 
The Dunes attracts millions of visitors every year, making it the single most visited attraction in Indiana. The popularity of the Dunes is nothing new, and it's one woman's love of its rustic, unspoiled shores that have forever left a mark on the area, turning truth into legend. Alice Gray was a young woman when she enrolled at the University of Chicago at the age of 16 in the late 1800s. After graduating with honors, Alice continued her studies in Germany, and it was there that she learned about a movement called Birds of Passing, which encouraged giving up one's material possessions and living off the land. After her studies in Germany, Alice returned to Chicago, where it said she worked as an editor for an astronomy magazine. However, in 1915, Alice Gray left her life in Chicago and made a new life on the shores of the Indiana Dunes. She was quoted once as saying, I wanted to live my own life, a free life. Alice found shelter in an abandoned shack that she affectionately named Driftwood and lived a simple life along the sandy hills and breezy shoreline. It is said she spent most of her days reading, studying wildlife, and giving children tours of the dunes. Alice's unconventional lifestyle along the shores of the Indiana Dunes fascinated many. And despite her peaceful existence, wild stories about Alice quickly surfaced. Local fishermen had reported seeing Alice swimming nude in the lake, causing many to refer to her as the nymph of the dunes. However, it wasn't until a local reporter compared Alice to the mythical goddess hunter Diana that her life became a piece of American folklore. The name stuck, and the story of Diana of the Dunes was born. Sadly, Alice died in 1925 from complications related to uremic poisoning. And while she was already a legend in life, her fame grew even stronger in death. For decades, the area had hosted a Diana of the Dunes festival each year as an honor to Alice and her love of the Indiana Dunes. Others over the years have studied and written about Alice and her unconventional lifestyle. But it's the countless sightings of Alice's ghost over the past century that have kept her story truly alive. Most people report seeing a lady in white walking along the shoreline, while others have caught a glimpse of her ghost swimming in Lake Michigan. In 2021, the Indiana Dunes dedicated a hiking trail to Alice. Known as Diana's Dare, the trail is designed to celebrate Alice's appreciation and adoration of the dunes. While it's uncertain if Alice's spirit still lingers along the Indiana Dunes, the stories surrounding Alice are a true testament to the impact she had on the area and its people. And who knows? While partaking in Diana's dare, you too might catch a glimpse of Alice's ghost strolling along the shores of Lake Michigan. Although the legacies of the Thomas family and Alice Gray may live on for many more years to come, others around Chesterton have lived and died without any prominent notoriety. Despite being forgotten, they refuse to be silenced and linger in the spaces they love the most. Val's Pizza sits just blocks away from Running Vines on 11th Street. It is by far the best place in town to grab a delicious pizza in a casual space that is both welcoming and cozy. 
Owner Kevin has watched Val's grow over time since 2002. And while the building recently underwent a fresh remodel, some of its past refuses to change, including the spirit who seems to haunt it. The building that houses Val's began as a salon in the 1950s, until it was sold in 1971 and turned into the Hideaway Lounge. Despite its reputation as a lively, brazen place, the Hideaway Lounge had a welcoming atmosphere for locals, looking to get together with friends over a few drinks. Charles Whalen, or Diney, as most referred to him, was a former boxer who owned the Hideaway for only a short time, before succumbing to brain cancer in February of 1975. Diney was the current owner of the Hideaway Lounge when he passed, and to this day, many believe he never left. Val's dining room had been closed for the day. Kevin and a co-worker sat alone in the kitchen, waiting for some pizzas to come out of the oven. The kitchen was quiet, as both men sat in chairs, tired from the long day. Just then, Kevin heard what could only be described as a man clearing his throat. The sound was so loud that Kevin looked up at his co-worker, only to find the co-worker staring right back at him. Curiosity quickly turned into shock, as both men realized neither of them had made the sound. It seems the spirit at Val's doesn't just want to be recognized. It also wants to lend a hand. One night, a co-worker went down to the basement to grab a case of beer. As he was ascending the stairs, he lost his center of gravity and began falling backwards, but was quickly caught by someone from behind him. As the man found his balance again, he turned to thank the person, only to find no one was there. Ask any employee at Val's, and they most likely have a story about their resident ghost. In fact, the activity has remained so steady that Kevin has invited local paranormal investigators to explore the building. And what one team revealed may have confirmed who is behind the ghostly activity. While reviewing their evidence after investigating Val's, a paranormal team discovered something on one of their recording devices. When asked its name, a disembodied voice on the recording could be heard saying, die. At first, the response unnerved Kevin, thinking the word die referred to some impending doom. However, fear turned to assurance as he quickly realized and was convinced that the spirit was not saying die, but had just revealed his name, Diney. Although no one may ever really know if Diney Whalen returned after death to be the caretaker of his once popular lounge, one thing's for sure. The spirit who lingers at Val's has chosen to remain among the living, watching over the building and those who inhabit it. When you visit Val's, I recommend the Chesterton Fire Pizza. Super spicy and packed with flavor. It's the perfect way to have your own literal taste of Chesterton and its history. And stay for some of their famous peanut butter puck. You won't regret it. Ghosting Grub is created, written, and hosted by yours truly, Shannon Bailey Grace. For more history and haunted folklore, as well as links to restaurants and locations mentioned in this episode, visit us at ghostinggrub.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <laughs>
A huge thank you to Running Vines Winery and Val's Pizza for your hospitality and generosity in sharing your stories with us. We would also like to thank the Chesterton Historical Museum and the Clark Genealogy Center located in Valparaiso. Music was provided by Simon Cherrier. If you own a haunted restaurant or know of a location you would like to see featured in an upcoming episode, send us a note at hello at ghostandgrub.com. And be sure to check out our upcoming sister podcast, Strange Travel, where we discover strange places and haunted spaces. Until next time, stay hungry for all things haunted.